0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Saints of Little Knowing podcast. It is a beautiful January afternoon. Um, and my name is Christian, and in front of me I have... Zach. And... Max. And Noah. And today we're going to be talking about a topic of Noah's choosing, which is...
1: Gnosticism. And it's tell us a little more about that, Noah. Um, Gnosticism... It's ranging back to the beginning of the church, right after Christ resurrected from the grave and towards the beginning of the early church. It was kind of the knowers, is what it, is what it literally means, the knowers. And then you have to think, after the Christ resurrected from the grave, there, was a, there wasn't a canon established yet. There wasn't a pure canon set that we have today. Everyone had their own little canons. Every church had their own little sect of canon books. They said, this is what we agree is the gospel. This is what we say happened. This is what actually happened. But what's funny is about most of these people all had the same thing in common of Christ resurrected from the grave. That's one of the most interesting things about that. And so we've identified four different like, like, people, denominations almost is what they were, but they had their own canons. It was the Thomas Christianity. The Sethian, the Valentinians, and the Hermetics. I've not read into three of them. I've read into the Thomas one right now. So today I want to focus on the Thomas ones. Okay. And so what happened was they had these canons in the Catholic Church established the canon in the Council of Rome. They said, this is our books. These are the ones we are most sure was handed down from the apostles, the ones that were most given to us. And the ones that we can say for certain that we receive these from the apostles and so they established this canon they sent out letters to all the other churches to say burn your other books that aren't on this list and one of the letters that was sent to a church in israel, not israel in egypt said don't burn, burn all the books that aren't on this list and the list that was given was the canon that we have today and it's the earliest list of the canon that we have it was back in about 380s ad was when this list was sent out and so the Church, the Thomas Christianity, they had three books they held to their names. They had Thomas the Contender, they had the Sayings of Thomas, and they also had the Acts of Thomas. Um, the Acts of Thomas is an interesting one. It's not nothing really big that happens in that except for he goes to India. He's sold by God to India. That's one of the things that happens in there. The Sayings of Thomas is just miscellaneous sayings that Jesus said as he was walking the earth. But the one that's I'm going to focus on today is Thomas the Contender, the third one they had in that most of their claims come from most of their beliefs come from and one of their beliefs was that jesus and thomas were twins they believe yeah yeah and they believe that um judas the other judas not not judas thomas um the other judas not iscariot um i can't remember what is i can't remember what he was the other brother of jesus that was named judas he (laughs) was supposed to be him and thomas were supposed to be the successors to the church is what they believe were And I I was like, hold up, wait a minute, that can't be right. So I started looking into the scripture because I was like, let's see if it's inside of our books. And John, what name did they give Thomas? Didymus. And Didymus means the twin, like a nickname for him, Hmm. the twin. And I, I didn't know what to think of it at that point. And so I actually started reading Thomas the Contender. And it says, we know that people will say you look like my twin, (laughs) I have here a bookmark. It's in the Nag Hammadi scriptures. Very interesting ones. And it says, Brother Thomas, while you are still in this world, listen to me and I shall reveal what you have thought about in your heart since it is said that you are my twin and true friend. Examine yourself and understand who you are. So they said, it's like, it was kind of like a rumor that that they were twins is what that says. And that's how they kind of got their, uh, their gospel. So I was kind of going to post it to you guys. What do you guys think about their claim as being, um, as them being twins and that being their main claim in their gospel? What do you guys think about the early church sex having their own canon? And um, what do you guys just think about that in general? And what can we learn from that and hopefully make better our gospel that we have today? Well,
0: First of all, I can say one hundred percent that that was completely
1: false. How can you say that was completely false? Because
0: the whole premise of Jesus, what makes Jesus greater than anyone, is that he was a virgin birth. Right. So, if Jesus was a virgin birth, then that would also mean Thomas
1: would have to be a virgin birth as well. And that's and one of that's. Kind of one of the claims is it wasn't a virgin birth because well, they were twins i know i don't agree with that but that would
0: mean that mary would not be a virgin
1: right right you're right so
0: i mean just it's going crazy. straight up there straight off of that then uh that is i mean by that if if that's one of that's the, that's one of the things that we have to say right we believe in as christians yeah, and i do That's uh we believe in a virgin birth that jesus is the son of god mm-hmm. And, uh, and all of the above, right? All of the above. Yeah. So, by that, I would already say it's false. And that's the swear. It's I mean the Sh- Hag the, the, the scriptures or whatever is not in this Bible that I'm holding in my hand for a good reason.
1: <laughs> it was not in there because the cath because the Catholic um, archbishops just sent out letters saying burn them. Yeah, but they they dictated that they weren't good enough to be in there.
0: Yeah, but if they would I mean it's been I don't know how long those scriptures have been uh they scriptures. just they, they I'm, I'm, scriptures they weren't scriptures I'm doing hand quotes right now for the
1: people listening. They, they weren't scall <laughs> them scriptures because they found them in um literal books. Like yeah. most most of our apocryphes that we find are in scrolls. Mm-hmm. But these were found in literal seal bound books. Yeah. And they were in Greek originally. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so that's interesting. I think the other thing is that, um, I think it is important to remember that the canon of Scripture, we already had it forming prior to the Catholic Church decision. So it wasn't just a church decision that the Catholic Church made out of the blue. There was a huge body of churches and leaders who had agreed on what canon they should accept and send out to everybody else.
1: They did, I do do think you're right, they did have... Some canon going between them that was kind of common, but each yeah. church had their own differencing on what they said. They did have some differences. So, I yeah. guess.
0: I guess I have one question for you, Noah. All right. What? So I'm.
1: I'm not saying that you do.
0: Like you do believe in this. I. I do not. What I can would tell be you the that. benefit of believing that Jesus had a twin named Thomas? How would that be beneficial for our faith?
1: They. The way it wouldn't be beneficial to our faith because I don't believe in that personally. But the way it was beneficial for their faith. Was because they were then able to almost continue in their traditions of Judaism is almost what happened.
0: But how is that beneficial for their faith? Because uh, what what's beneficial for our faith is doing what what God calls us to do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if God calls us to have one God, you know, one God as uh, you know and worship Him only. Mm-hmm. If Thomas was also a quote unquote you know son of God mm-hmm. and you know a twin of Jesus, mm-hmm. then we would be also worshiping him mm-hmm. so, so the reason Judea, Jews in this modern age mm-hmm. are not saved they do not go to heaven because they do not believe in the one true God right they believe they they don't believe that Jesus is God right right and that's why they don't go to heaven now before Jesus. If they if if the Jews believed exactly what um, they they did before Jesus, mm-hmm. and they you know did everything, then they then there was salvation for them. Mm-hmm. But because of that, because of that, then because of Jesus, it's yeah. it's null now. I know, yeah. And I was it so there's no reason to believe. This just, is just sort of like fairy tale. Like I don't it
1: kind know. of is almost, but what really threw for the loop is how they called him Didymus in the scriptures. I couldn't understand why they would call him that. Then maybe but, he was the twin of someone else. Well, who could he have been the <laughs> twin of? Why would they call him the twin? I
2: don't know. I think it's very possible that he was the twin of someone else. I think often there is many. Uh, well, in our in the Bible, they don't have any last names, so often the way you recognize someone was you gave them kind of a nickname of some sort. So like you might call him the twin, like. Maybe they maybe he did have a twin somewhere else who's not mentioned in the Bible who didn't follow Christ or whatever, and so they just mentioned the twin right. just to say, hey, if you want to talk to this guy, go look up Thomas the Twin. Yeah, and you'll probably find him somewhere.
1: Right, right. I see. I, I just I
0: don't I don't find this this ta- the, this this belief to be beneficial to the Christian belief. I, think I don't think
1: it's beneficial to the Christian belief. I think it's beneficial that we know it, and understand it. But I don't think it's beneficial that we believe it.
0: Okay, so why why is it beneficial for us to know it?
1: Because it, there's it fills it makes us question some things in like in our own canon, our own book. Like, why was he called Didymus? Why was he called that? Well,
0: well, yeah. have you ever had come on someone come up to you on the street and say, you know, I believe that Thomas. Well, I mean, I, I just basically, I mean, I basically told you why I didn't believe in right. it, it without knowing about it, right? right? Because, because I know what I do believe, right? Mm-hmm. And so, if Thomas, if somebody come up, if somebody came up to me on the street and said uh, Jesus had a, t- a twin named Thomas, mm-hmm. and that was for the Jews to also believe, I would be like, well, that's false, and here are the reasons why. I wouldn't need to to know to know about it. To <laughs> to to say that it's wrong, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Okay, I, I can see what I, I see what you're saying. Uh,
1: so I, I guess like
0: I don't know, like where do we want to take this this topic? Well, the
1: way or? that I was going to take it then is, um, the church originally they were all in one mind, one body, and one accord of having one thing. These people are probably the, one of the exceptions to being not to being that Jesus wasn't the Messiah. They're probably mm-hmm. the one exceptions that they follow, that they follow a different type of thing, and so going into these it's interesting to see why did they like how did they get to that point because if you read if you just if you listen to me reading that it says we know that people say you're my twins so they very well couldn't have been twins but these people went off on a tangent and said this definitely means they're twins when well, they could maybe just look alike because jesus was burnt was born from mary right yes so he could bear a resemblance to mary's family yes
2: yeah, i think that's possible i would say i think one of the important things to remember here is that um, there were a lot of heresies going around mm-hmm. because there were a lot of jews who wanted to keep on believing certain things and so they manipulated things to say why well, can still be a christian and believe in the resurrection mm-hmm. but not believe in things that are actually required to be the resurrection so right. maybe think of i think going back to your gnosticism thing at the very beginning okay. i think that's what a lot of gnosticism was is actually people trying to mix greek philosophy into Christ. They were saying, well, Christ's resurrection, but in reality, there's like this level of awakening, spiritual awakening you you need to reach. And that's how you become one of the Gnostics. And that's how you become saved is like having this special knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so they just by adding that in, they completely destroyed the whole message of the gospel Mm -hmm. because there's just things that if you add to the gospel, they just very much destroy it. And so I think that when they added those in, like the Gnostics, they're then saying the gospel is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. You, it's, salvation is not enough. Christ is not sufficient. And when you're, you know, when you're challenging that with your belief, that gets very difficult. And it, that's where I think that with Thomas adding him in, you kind of are challenging the uniqueness of Christ. Okay. And so I think that's one of the reasons I think it's scary, is you're challenging the uniqueness of what Christ did. So Max, what do you have to say to that?
3: I'm just a little bit lost. I, I'd ask the question, if, just to make sure that I'm on the right track here, if if the belief is that that Thomas was yeah the twin of Jesus mm-hmm. right does that suggest is that trying to suggest that that Thomas also had a certain modicum of divinity to him as well because if he's if he's the twin, is that what they're trying to to pair that with
1: I I'm trying to remember that
3: Jesus was not the singular and only individual that had a divine
1: what I don't think nature. that I think they kind of what they did because I've read a very um, it's a very heretic history of the church mm-hmm. and one of the things that they had was that Thomas and Jesus since they were twins Jesus couldn't have been from a virgin birth he could have only he could have been from he had to have been from a procreation birth and then, so that's just de- like, they, they, they basically they, they they basically just take out all of his divinity from him, is what some of them say. They and didn't.
3: like Zach said, that that deconstructs every single aspect of the gospel because the gospel is you know relying upon all of these different theological notions and facts. And so when you take one part of that out, yes, it starts to the whole thing starts to crumble.
1: Right. I, I see. Yeah, I get you. I get what you're saying. And that's I don't know. I kind of when that, when I started reading the scripture, and I saw that it kind of made me. Well, maybe we should analyze it, and see what if they say, and see if their if their message they preach is actually what their own gospel said. And I guess I kind of started reading I kind of reading their stuff, and I didn't see how they were getting to that point, to myself. So that's where you
0: just say, well, I know what I believe in, and it's false. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, in their own scriptures, that's what I'm saying. Like, well, it's, that's why it's their own scriptures and not yeah, are, and not the scriptures. Yeah, no, you know. Hmm.
0: Yeah, interesting. So, I, I just, I guess, you, you, we, I still want to go back. Like, why? What is the point? Like, what is the point of studying this? That's my question. Why do you find
1: value in it? I find value in it because it. There's there we have we have scripture in our Bible. I can't remember where it is. It says. Get the word of God is tried and true. Correct?
2: Yeah, something along those lines. I
1: can't remember what it, I, it, it can be tried and it will be proven true in the end. And so, going back and reading these, it's almost I, I, I get it makes me want it makes me try the word of God almost. It, get, it builds me faith into the word of God because I'm I'm getting stuff that other people believed in the past. The early church said this is the canon, but then if we look at our Bible you can try it almost with this stuff and say, "Well, this is why it's not."
0: Did you find that verse? Uh, no. Did
1: you? find I couldn't. I can't remember where it is. What uh, was
0: that? Well,
1: it was. It, was basically, it basically says the word of God is tried and tried. Okay. Oh, we
0: don't don't want go we don't want to go
3: basic in the ballpark. We want to know what the verse. is. I says. can't remember what it is though. Uh,
0: I think Psalm eighteen thirty through thirty one. What does that say? Um, As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in Him for who is god save for who is god save the lord or who is a rock save our god the lord liveth and blessed be my rock and let my, the, lord, the god of my salvation be exalted i also think uh revelation 21:5
2: also relates to this as well revelation 21:5 says and he who was seated on the throne said behold i am making all things new also he said write this down for these words are trustworthy and true so yeah. that is one of the things is talking about god's words being trustworthy and
1: that's kind of how I viewed this, and I've taken these. I've kind you, of you viewed it. You viewed our. I know I viewed the Gnostics as being able to try our gospel is kind of okay. So
0: what you're saying? So try to summarize what you're you're trying to say here. Can is I it?
3: let me let me get at okay. something? So you're suggesting? Correct me if I'm wrong. Please do. That the gospel, and what we believe to be true as scripture, can hold up to scrutiny. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? That's what
1: I'm trying to say. And, and I try, I almost try to find scrutiny on it so that way I could try it. And every time I've seen, though, and it proves itself, it's proves itself. In one way or another, the Word of God proves itself. And I guess that's how I get, that's why I find value out of studying these things and learning these things because mm-hmm. it brings, it allows me to try it. It allows me to see more in it. It almost builds more faith in the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, so I guess to summarize what you're saying is that when you
0: read, when you read stuff that's false, when mm-hmm. you read stuff that is challenging the view of your Bible, mm-hmm. it helps build your trust in the Lord and His Word. Because you can go back and
1: prove. Because you can go back and prove. Okay. Yeah, you can almost look at it. Because, like, I was I was suddenly reading it. And I read these words, these these books of Thomas. I was like, okay. So, where can we say, I was like, well, the Old Testament even says that none of that can be happen. None of that could be possible. Like, any of the prophecies from Isaiah, that's prophesying the coming of Christ, those, did, those nowhere spoke about this even. Yeah. So, I mean, we can't even say this fulfills anything. And what the whole point of Jesus was, he was fulfilling the law.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah.
1: And that was something that, I, it's just something that I really gained from all this, is from studying those and realizing it. And then um, some of the other Gnostics that we I, I go from there from the, from, the, from the pure ridiculous ones. There's some that I, there's one called the Didache, the summer or the teachings of the twelve apostles. Okay. I, I know I didn't talk to you guys about this one before. Okay. Yeah. But it's basically it goes along with our scripture. It says there are two ways of living. There's the way of life and the way of death. It's almost like a summarization of Christianity, like you know how um, you know how C.S. Lewis has mere Christianity. Mm -hmm. That's almost what it is. Okay. So I mean, there's 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 like like a whole range there. The Thomas stuff is completely heretic. Heretic. But what? Nothing. It's heretic, right? Yeah, heresy. Yeah, yeah. And while while there's other stuff on the other end that's more close to what we got. Huh, what are you guys looking up here? Well, <laughs> I, see, I, was looking up, I see y'all scrolling on your phones trying to find I was something. looking
2: up the didache, um, and so I see that they're, they're considered um, to be kind of a major part of the church fathers mm-hmm. and kind of the writings of the early church. And so they, and they believe
1: at. that it was originally part of our canon, but they dropped it because they said, well, we don't need it because our word says that already. It's just extra information. Interesting. And that's, it's, it's, it was really interesting to me when I read that one. And it just goes through like our whole entire faith almost it's good
3: there's kind of an interesting quote i don't know if it relates as much as you maybe we would want but i still like the quote it says the word of god is like a lion all you have to do is let the lion loose and the lion will defend itself exactly
1: and that's that's been my my whole point in reading these because i've read a lot of these books and i've tested the word of god with each of them and it's Prevail each time, mm-hmm. like um,
3: which has made you stronger.
1: Yeah, which has made me stronger and build more faith in the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, there's some people go around and say, "Well, how do we know if the Word of God can possibly be it? How, how do we know? How do we know?" Because I mean, some guys sit around a table one day, and all decided this is our canon, right? And it's just over time of trying it and understanding it better and trying to get different like the basics of our of our faith, right? Finding those. It's helped a lot. I I like that. I
3: think that's valuable, and I like that you do that in a um, canonical and historical way, because I think we all tend to do that. Because at, at some point, the Christian goes throughout his life, and if he's not challenged at all, mm-hmm. if if he's not pushed, if he's not questioned, if he's not uh, if there are no provocations to to his faith, he just goes along and, and coasts through the, the Christian life. And more than likely, he has an attitude of acceptance as to an attitude of examination. Mm-hmm. And Now, there's a certain point where acceptance becomes the, the mode of obedience that you have to take. But I do think it is important, and I think whether that's philosophically, historically, scientifically, I guess that's all within the realm of philosophy but all of those ways if scripture is examined in those ways it often proves to be better for that
1: christian give mm-hmm. me mean, i i i agree with what you're saying because today we see a lot of people like starting to get more agreeable with things mm-hmm. like they're not there's not much in the christian faith those who are saved or say they're saved or whatever you want to put that yeah they get they're not really Tried in what they say like if they if they people say well how can you say that's true and you don't agree with this and they start well we we can agree with that as well mm-hmm. but they forget like the, almost the fundamentals of a faith yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. they become more you uni-
3: unitarian and mm-hmm. tolerant mm-hmm. and uh f- focusing on you know ecumenical notions versus
1: very right. and it's yeah yeah, and that's that's I don't know I I guess I see I guess I saw myself I needed a way to try and test myself and I wasn't getting that. So
3: here's my here's my question uh and unlike me, I'm actually going to direct this conversation in more of a pragmatic sense. Okay. So what what practically can somebody do? And I'm not when I speak of of uh like practical ways of doing things, I don't mean like other things like Step one, step two, step two. I was thinking in terms of, like, how should a Christian approach scrutinizing the Bible, questioning the Bible?
1: Uh,
3: and I'm using those terms loosely.
1: Right. So what you're saying is how should they go about, when somebody, like, if I come up to you and I address a belief to you, yeah. so you're saying how should they address that with the Scripture? How
3: should they, if, if somebody at school has to take... You know, a class with an atheist professor, and mm-hmm. the atheist just loves to shout out his beliefs to everyone and, mm-hmm. and shove it down people's throats. Yeah. Um, Speaking that from way, personal experience at uh, all <laughs> man. No, no, never, <laughs> never, never. Anyways, if that's the case, how should a Christian? And the and the professor says, uh, "Well, what about this, this,
1: this, and this?" Convincing another person is a tricky is a tricky concept. Oh, I'm not
3: talking about a evan- evangelical. Like evangelistic uh, apologetics. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about... Within yourself? Yeah, within yourself. If, okay. you, if you're if you trying to find the answers,
1: mm-hmm.
3: how do you do that in a humble uh, way while still keeping your faith? You, through the doubt. If
1: you want to do it all yourself, is that is that what you're trying to sure, say? let's go there. Okay, so if you want to do it all yourself, the way that I've done it in the past is through systematic theology. Okay. And by that is laying out all the scriptures about whatever it is you're talking about and doing word studies or concept studies on that. Mm-hmm. And you try to take it back to the original text as much as possible. You try to bring it back to the original, you get rid of all the fluff that comes with our translations. Because there's, you'd be surprised at how, like, sometimes where they add words in and it can almost oh, sure. change the whole entire verse. Sure. And so wow. what I do is I, do a systematic approach. I get all the verses that are on the topic I need to know that I'm going to be talking I'm going to be addressing or looking into, and I go through each verse. I take each verse back and I say, how does this say something about the topic I'm trying to go about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that can lead to tangents where it's just revelation upon revelation almost. Mm-hmm. And that's the one way that I would address it. I know that's that can be very um, time-consuming for a lot of people, and so I would address I suggest talking to somebody else about it, or go, talking to your pastor about it maybe, or reading other people's literature that they've said on it.
2: Yeah, that's good. So getting other people's perspectives and opinions that right. you trust and you know are biblical. If you don't so have the time to do that. I think going back to our thing about the canon, how would you encourage somebody to know how wh- why they believe the bible because i think the bible is often under attack so yes there's stuff internally within the bible but what if people are attacking the legitimate so the legitimacy of, of the bible of itself? that being structured yeah the bible even being true
1: so the way that i've understood it and i'm sure i don't know if you've ever looked into when they were forming the canon how they decided what books were supposed to be in there yeah mm-hmm. um they had thousands of manuscripts okay I Thousands of manuscripts of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay, and I think they had they had of Acts as well and Revelation. Yeah, they had all those, and they all came from different areas on the whole on like different regions in the whole entire area around the Mediterranean. They all came from different
0: following. So, what, you said Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all came from different...
1: Like, like they found manuscripts going from um, Italy oh. all the way around, down around okay. to Egypt.
0: But not the writers were all part. were all from...
1: Well, they found... Well, let me continue. They found each of those manuscripts, each of the manuscripts said the same exact thing. Yeah. They okay. all said they all had the same message. They all had the same exact thing going on. Yep. And they... There was significantly more of those existed than any other copy of manuscripts that were going around. Yeah. Like all the books, like all the apocryphal books, there weren't near amount of those as there were in the books that we have in our canon. Okay. And so by just by sheer amount and, I don't know what I want to use here, but the redundancy in the manuscripts, they were able to say, this has to be the most, this is the most. This is the most accurate that we got. Okay. This is the most that we can say. And you can't, re- And just by that, it's almost you got to say, well, God obviously had a reason for these scriptures existing. Okay,
2: yeah. So then what about somebody who would say, well, how can we believe what's in the scripture? Because it's so miraculous that how can we understand it?
1: Well, let's not even look at the scripture then. Um, There's historical proof of surrounding around Jesus Christ's resurrection. And there's historical proof showing that the apostles walked the earth and did what they did. And they were all all martyred. There's historical proof of that. There's also historical proof of Jesus being in... Israel walking around and doing his miracles.
2: Okay, so you're saying there's that historical proof that Jesus was an actual person, and as far as resurrection, we have the historical proof of why would the disciples die for something that they is that as well. But there's also some historians.
1: But there's also in the Rome in the Roman history, his they have accounts around the tomb of Jesus of where Jesus was buried. Okay, and they they have accounts. So there was a whole entire Roman guard surrounding his tomb. And there's no way nobody could get in and out of that. Yeah. And just by sheer history and accounts taking from that, you could almost prove the scripture without hmm. the scripture itself.
2: That's really interesting. Yeah, that's that's good. So we're about out of time here. Is that right? I uh, right? Yeah, we
1: literally are 2.29 right now. Okay. 29.29. Right. <laughs> okay, so
2: I think we should maybe summarize some of our points here. So All right. um, I think maybe getting to the end here, for me at least, what I'm getting from this is just that we can go we can go far back and find that the bible is reliable and you can go through the layers of of like okay then why do we trust what's inside the bible then why do we trust the bible as the book why do we trust jesus resurrection and you can go back mm-hmm. and scripture proves it uh, you know the bible and god's truth proves itself uh, again and again because of all the overwhelming evidence for it and so we can be encouraged as christians because of that
1: yeah and that's basically what I I'm sure I was trying to get at is you can even the people who were there, like the people who did the Thomas school were Jesus' siblings. Hmm. And so, even refuting their claims yeah. is almost wow. I
3: like, I like that, guys. That's good. All right. Good thoughts. Yeah. That's a wrap. All right. All well, right. thank you
1: for joining us. Um, we'll see you in the next episode.
3: Bye.